0: welcome to the hsct warriors podcast bringing voice to the journeys of hsct warriors worldwide i'm dr jen Stansbury koenig or zen jen moderator of meaningful conversations and convener of community Whether you are or know someone who is battling multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, scleroderma, lupus, or any of the 24 autoimmune diseases that HSCT can halt, or are simply inspired by transformational journeys, you are in the right place. As we continue to grow the HSCT warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease. Recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression. Connect through our shared experiences and advocate for an inclusive society. We are glad you've joined us. Uh, Joining us today is Julie from Chicago, who received HSCT on February 19th, 2018. So you are, what, just over six months out? Just
1: under six months. Six months will be uh, August nineteenth will be my official six month
0: birthday. Well then happy early birthday. But <laughs> Thank you. You are from Chicago, so you did get to receive HSCT from the founder, Dr. Burt. How yes. did that how did that make you feel?
1: Um, pretty incredible. Um even as you just say that little intro, I get chills up and down my arms and legs and it's like I said, I'm almost six months out. And when I look back on it, it all sort of sometimes just seems surreal that I was even given this opportunity. And I, I count my blessings 110 times a day that everything worked out the way that it did for me.
0: Uh, That's amazing. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about how you came to find out about HSCT?
1: okay so I was diagnosed uh, with MS on March 15th of 2016 so fairly recently um, before I learned about HSCT and like I said I live in Chicago I live about 30 minutes from Northwestern and I was diagnosed and wasn't one of the people who had symptoms for a long time and you know was kind of in search of a diagnosis my MS, Basically hit me like a freight train, and I went from perfectly healthy to was having trouble walking on my own, and I wound up being hospitalized three times you know in the first six months of diagnosis and nice. so yeah i was I felt like I was looking everywhere for information on the drugs I could take or things I could do, changing my diet I mean, I was looking for any and all recommendations on how to deal with the MS or stop it or make it better. I mean, when they told me I was diagnosed, my first question was, what is MS? I Mm. didn't even know what it was. Um, yeah, so I, like I said, I looked and looked and it took me a year, um, or it was about 11 months after I was diagnosed. Um, I got involved with an amazing, um ms support group on Facebook that I became very active in, uh, especially because with all of my relapsing, I was unable to work. So I spent a lot of time at home by myself on the computer, um which gets pretty lonely at times. Sure. Uh, yeah. so like I said, i I found a group on Facebook that basically became my ms family, and they were, always posting questions and answering questions and one day I happened to see a post from someone in the group who lived in Texas and it was the simple one-line post that said wish me luck I'm flying to Chicago this morning to see a doctor about some stem cells to make my MS better wow and I thought what (laughs) someone is (laughs) like what someone is flying all the way from Texas and bringing their wife and their two kids to meet this doctor, and I I live here and I don't know anything about it. So I shot him a quick message on Facebook, and he responded like almost immediately and just said, uh, you know, I'd love to talk to you. This is what I'm doing and. He wound up giving me a call later that night, and he told me all about Dr. Burt, and he was going for his evaluation the next day, and I figured, well, I might as well apply. I mean, it's a a one-in-a-million shot, but at least I don't have to travel across the country to try, so I found out from someone in Texas.
0: That's amazing. Well, yeah, and it's amazing that you are so close, and we're seeing doctors who supposedly are trying to help you right and that right and no one no one mentioned it yeah it's a shame uh that not more that more doctors do not talk about HSCT
1: right and when I finally did bring it to my um neurologist's attention he I mean he acknowledged that yeah he knew about it and he had actually worked with a handful of patients who had been seen by Dr. Burt and you know, he kind of took an indifferent stance to it. He wasn't for it. He wasn't against it. It was totally my decision. But when I asked him, you know, if you knew about this, why didn't you bring it up to me? And I mean, I never really got a straight answer, but you, could, I mean, it's just not something that they really advocate instead of drugs. He was very advocating, you know, the drugs that he was recommending.
0: Sure. I wonder, was, was there a clinical trial open at the time you found it?
1: At the time that I did, there was not. So I was actually accepted off trial. Um, and then between waiting for the insurance to approve, and then I had to do a six-month washout from my DMD, um, He, Dr. Burt then did open another trial. So I was actually treated at the same time as the current trial that's running now. Um, so it was pretty cool. My STEM sister actually was treated on trial and I was treated off trial and we went through the whole thing together. So we were able to kind of see the little differences here and there of what, you know, was being done, which wasn't a whole lot different, um, right. but I, don't, yeah, I, I don't, don't,
0: go ahead. I don't think
1: it would have made a difference whether the trial was actively recruiting or not, because then when I came to my neurologist and said, okay, insurance approved me. Like I've got the go ahead from everybody. What's your final opinion? He did say then, you know, basically Acrovis had just gotten approved a few months before that. So he wanted to know why I was going so drastic to take the HSCT route as opposed to just going on Mm Acrovis. And basically my answer was, they know more about HSCT. HSCT has been around longer, more people have done it. And so I feel more comfortable with the research on HSCT, even though nobody's talking about it. It has been around longer.
0: It has been a lo- around a lot longer, certainly than Ocrevus. And yeah, you're right, they have more research findings, although not necessarily published yet. Or, well, they're soon to be published. Um and, yeah, it's just not publicized enough in the literature. Right. In well, and even doing,
1: doing the HSCT for other diseases, like it's definitely, you know, relatively new and applying it to MS. But they've been using, you know, a similar procedure to HSCT, if not the exact similar protocol for, you know, treating cancers and things like that for years and years and years. So the process itself, you know, is not new. Applying it to MS. Definitely. But I was, I was very hesitant to, you know, be the guinea pig for a drug that was approved five minutes ago. <laughs> right.
0: That makes sense. Well, and it seems as though you've already answered a lot of my first question, which would be what led you to pursue H S C E T? So I think jumping into this next question of why was it important for you to participate in this podcast?
1: Um, because I want everyone to know that hsct is an option and unfortunately it's not an option for as many people as it should be um and it's definitely not talked about as much as the drugs and i mean i know so many people who are living with ms and would love to have the opportunity to have this treatment and for whatever reason whether it's the insurance or the cost or the lack of awareness it's not available to everyone and what it has done for me is absolutely life-changing 110 percent i would do it again in a heartbeat and i feel like everyone deserves a chance to improve their life and who is the doctor or the insurance company to tell anyone that they can't try a treatment, especially because it's not a walk in the park. (laughs) As far as I'm concerned, you know, it's not taking a pill once a day. If you're willing to put yourself through the HSCT ringer, you should be able to try it because not everyone with MS is going to sign up for this. It's It's not easy. So if you're willing to try, I think that should be your decision and your decision alone.
0: And supported by the doctor's not necessarily promoted, but supported at least in terms of you taking this ownership of what you believe to will improve your quality of life. Exactly.
1: Um, and even like one less step down, if you're not going to support it as my neurologist, at least make me aware that it's an option. Mm-hmm. Even if you're against it, fine, to each their own, everyone has their opinion. But to not be telling people that it's even an option... I mean, I just I just don't understand that. Especially when it's so hard to get anyway. Even if every single person in the country applied for it, not everyone would be able to do it. So why don't you make it known to everyone and, you know, instead of just telling them your only choice is to take these drugs that may or may not work? I mean, that's a coin toss. <laughs> Right. Exactly.
0: Unfortunately, right now it is a coin toss. And I think that's part of the motivation behind this podcast is to help get the word out there, help a grassroots movement come around, or at least bring voice to that movement that will help this become a standard of care for more MS patients, because it is um, something that once you are on board with, I I agree, I would do it 110% over again, knowing Mm -hmm. that my quality of life has shifted significantly post transplant and I still have trouble walking and I'm still dealing with old damage and I'm still trying to create new pathways and healing. And that's my, that's my focus. I don't need to worry about going to sleep every night and wondering if I'll wake up in the morning and be different because my MS took a turn while I was sleeping. Right. So you mentioned that insurance did approve you and Well, in light of not everyone having access to this, it's not just in terms of insurance or paying for it. It's also going through the rigorous testing of HSCT to make sure your body can handle it. But if we back up to maybe if you talk a little bit about how you got insurance on board to treat you on a compassionate care basis off study, I think that might help some listeners in terms of an approach
1: Yeah. So I was, um, my insurance is um, a little bit different than like the everyday plan. It's a self-funded plan um, because it's through a union. So it's a little bit different in that it's not directly the insurance company saying, okay, we're going to approve her transplant. Um, It's actually the union. Who tells the insurance whether or not it's included in their policy and whether or not they can cover it. So instead of, you know, appealing to whoever's in charge of Blue Cross Blue Shield or Humana or United Healthcare, whatever, you know, the massive insurance company is, um, I was appealing to the board of the people at the union. To basically tell them that this is, it was directly excluded from my policy. I definitely read my, you know, 40 page insurance policy with the tiny print and the (laughs) stuff that nobody understands. I sat there for days highlighting and reading and Googling the words I didn't understand so I could be as prepared for fighting with them because Dr. Burt basically told me. They're not going to approve. So basically you just have to hurry up and wait to get your first denial and then they'll help you with the first appeal and all that going forward. Um, And so through reading my policy and understanding that it was more up to the union, um, I put together a cost analysis of my MS treatments, basically my healthy year dollar amount and my Proposed HSCT cost and for tax purposes and all of that, I typically keep a spreadsheet of all of my medical expenses. And instead of just putting on it, you know, what I paid because nobody likes to see that, it kind of gives you a heart attack every month when you sure. see what your medical expenses are. Um, so to make it a little bit nicer, just the way that I look at it, I started putting the amount billed to the insurance and then. You know, basically all the columns that show up on your explanation of benefits. So I was able to send my spreadsheet to my insurance company, saying, "Hey, look, last year I had a quote-unquote healthy MS year, meaning no relapses, no inpatient, you know, stays, no five days of steroids, just the monthly Tysabri infusion and the blood work and you know the MRIs." And so my healthy year. I build my insurance about $130,000 mm. and then the cost for the HSCT I and mean, give or take, they tell you when you're applying to estimate about $200,000. And so hopefully it would last, you know, anywhere from five plus years. So when I broke it down to the insurance company and told them, you know, I understand you're getting my monthly bills. So you think I only cost you a couple thousand a month, but when you put it all together in a big number to them, If they pay $200,000 this year, hopefully they won't have to pay, you know, hardly anything for the next worst case scenario. Hopefully five is what some of, you know, the majority of the statistics show. And Dr. Burt sends like the, you know, published studies and all the information he has. So the insurance company, you know, I'm sure their eyes lit up when they figured out how to stop spending so much money on my healthcare costs. And this year after, I mean, I'm six months post, but instead of costing them about $15,000 a month for my medication and infusions, I cost, I think it's, I mean, I pay a $1.80 a month for my prescriptions. And I think it bills them maybe a couple hundred dollars for that. Yeah. And so it was, it was a huge discount to them. And they called me and gave me my approval number like it was as easy as going to the drive through at CVS.
0: That's amazing. Well done. Well done it, with your return on investment.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the only way to get the insurance companies to pay attention. It's not about the person. You are a number and a dollar sign. And so you need to speak to them in terms that they understand, which unfortunately is dollar signs.
0: It is unfortunate, right? Because we are human beings on the other side of the...
1: Exactly. And I think that's why I, I mean, as much as I owe my new life to Dr. Burt, I owe my new life to the union that funds my insurance. And I have called them all and told them as much. And, you know, there were real people on the end of that decision. And it was easier for them being a smaller, you know, entity to see me as a person and not just a patient number and a dollar sign. And I think that's the most important thing.
0: Kudos to you. Kudos to you for even sharing that strategy and not keeping that um, in the dark for hopefully Mm -hmm. more people to gain successful appeals. Um, I'm still fighting with my insurance. That is also a self-funded policy. And I don't know the size of the union, if you will, on the other side of things, but.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, for mine, like I said, every union is different and anyone, I highly recommend taking the days to read your policy start to finish, because that's how I found, you know, the exception in the policy that basically said, if whatever is not covered under your insurance is more cost effective to the plan than what is covered, then they have the ability to you know, grant you the exception. And that's what they did.
0: Kudos to you. Not everyone gets a copy of their policy and not everyone is able to read it. And so kudos to you for doing your research and homework and really digging down to study. Um, how to make that happen. That's really, Mm -hmm. that's just really exciting. And thank you for being a model of that and sharing your strategies. I hope it helps some people listening out there. Um, Yes. So let's just shift gears. Tell us about your most memorable experience with HSCT.
1: My most memorable experience was definitely the day that I went for my evaluation at Northwestern. Um, because I, with the Chicago, um, with everyone who does it at Northwestern, someone back whenever all this started created again, a Facebook group, um, distinctly for people in any phase of the process, um, in Chicago. And so before about a month before my evaluation date, I joined the group and, um, you know, reached out to a couple of people to talk to them about their experiences and wound up connecting with two individuals who were going to be in Chicago on the day that I was going um, to Northwestern for my evaluation. So we actually arranged to meet for lunch beforehand um, so I could talk to them and have some questions. And I mean, within We had lunch for about an hour and within that hour, it was like I knew them my entire life. They were telling me about their experiences, no holds barred, no detail left unturned, things that you would not discuss with a stranger, your bodily functions and all this stuff that I was just like, whoa, I just met you and you're telling me all this. Okay, this is a very intense process, you know, and so not only did I get all of my questions answered before I even went to go meet Dr. Burt, they came with me to my appointment. We had lunch, you know, just across the street from the hospital and they came with me to the evaluation and sat with my mom in the waiting room while I was seeing Dr. Burt. And when I came out and opened the door, they're all sitting there looking at me anxiously. And I told them, you know, Dr. Burt said, yes, I was accepted. And not only did I start crying, they started crying like they had as much invested in this as I was oh, that's they, amazing. They, knew, they knew what it was like to be me. And from that day on, every time they were in Chicago for anything, we would get together. They were my lifeline of questions. And the same Facebook group then was how I met my STEM sister who checked in on the same day as me. We would walk together every day. And just to have these people who literally I knew for less than an hour become so invested in my new HSCT life that it was like, even if I don't wind up being able to go through with this entire process, I was amazed at just the response that people had
0: from like maybe even being a part of this HSCT club, (laughs) you know, it's. It's awesome. It's extended family and it's closer than you could ever imagine being to a total stranger based. Absolutely. Because they're common... the
1: only people who understand what you're going through. Even if your family member is with you the whole time, 24 seven in the hospital, out of the hospital, until you have it done to you, you will not understand. So my HSCG family knows things about me that I haven't felt comfortable sharing with, you know, my husband and my mother, but because it's, it's it's just easier to talk to them because they get it and they're not looking at you like you're bananas because they don't understand how, you know, you could feel that way, but sure. they understand. Yeah,
0: they understand. And it's, I mean, it's just another family. It sounds like they are essential to your HSCT experience. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anything else? Are there other essential components of your HSCT experience?
1: Um, I mean, I think the most essential thing is just finding finding the support to who's going to be there with you throughout all of it and people that you can talk to about anything. You know, like I said, I love my mother and my husband to death. They're my favorite people in the world. But when it came to HSCT, my STEM sister was my go-to of, hey, this is what's going on, um, and I feel like I'm going crazy. And she would say, you're not going crazy, because it's the same thing that's happening to me. So <laughs> if, it, if we're going crazy, at least we're going crazy together.
0: Nice. So how is recovery going for you?
1: It's going really well. Um, it's actually, physically, I think I saw improvements faster than I anticipated. Um, in the pre-testing in January, my EDSS score was a four. Um, so I was still walking on my own and, um, you know, I could drive during the day, not so much at night. Um, but now I'm down in my EDSS. I'm not sure if it was a one or a two. Um, I didn't get that actual number at my six month um, But I feel like it's a zero, basically. That's I don't amazing. feel limited by my physical abilities um, at all. I mean, I definitely still have days where I want to sleep all day because I'm exhausted from everything I'm doing, but so do healthy people who don't have MS or had HSCT. So, you know, maybe I have a rest day once every other week instead of two or three times a week or every other day because I couldn't do... I couldn't do two days worth of anything, outings, leaving the house. I mean, if I was out, I could be out during the day or during the evening. I couldn't be out all day and all night. And if I was out the day before, I was basically in bed the day after. So, I mean, my life revolved around planning my nap schedule, basically, and it doesn't anymore.
0: Wow, that's tremendous. What else has shifted for you?
1: Um, my balance has improved significantly. Um, I couldn't ride a two wheel bike before HSCT. And now not only can I ride a two wheel bike, but I can ride a two wheel bike and let go of the handlebars for about five seconds without falling on my face. That's great. Yes. I'm back to wearing high heels and balancing on one foot. Um, my fatigue level has decreased tremendously, um, And probably the most, um, remarkable, noticeable change, um, was with my vision. I'm sure most, a lot of people who have MS have heat intolerance and especially taking a hot shower is like the worst thing ever. And so I used to, I used to shower in the morning, get ready, go to work, drive to the train. And once I was diagnosed, I had to start showering in the evenings because it would impact my eyes so much that I didn't feel comfortable driving for, you know, anywhere from 15 minutes to two hours, depending on how my eyes wanted to behave, um, that morning, which doesn't really work out when you have to drive three miles to the train and you can't see very well. Not um, at all. <laughs> no, definitely not a safe thing. Um, But the morning after I got my stem cells, I took a hot shower and I wasn't even thinking about it when I got out of the shower in the hospital and I, you know, dry my face and I look in the mirror and I realized I could see completely clearly my reflection in the mirror. And I, it was like instantaneous. My eyes were better and the MS just like disappeared out of them and I had this moment where I just started crying, happy tears, and I, my mom was in my um, hospital room waiting for me to get out of the shower, and I flung open the bathroom door, holding, standing there in my towel, half naked, and I said to my mom, "Oh my gosh, mom, I can see!" Wow. And only at that point did I realize that I had never really fully explained my vision issues to my mom because she looked at me like. When couldn't you see? I right. don't understand, you know. Um, but yeah, and every single day I've even experimented with it, like making the shower as hot as I can possibly stand it to see if I can get my eyes to go wonky. And they don't.
0: Wow. So almost
1: six months later, I have the hottest showers ever and my eyes are perfectly fine as soon as I step out. In the morning. hmm In
0: That's- the morning,
1: in the night whenever. that's amazing. I have not had any vision issues at all since my transplant wonderful
0: that is how does that feel for you
1: like a miracle, magic, whatever word you want to use i it's like I said it's still sometimes unbelievable to me that I really didn't think it was going to work as well as it did, and I don't know how long it's going to you know last for, but I have, you know, solid days, sometimes multiple days in a row where I don't feel any MS symptoms. I feel like the old Julie, even if it's just for a couple hours here and there. But like I said, I've gotten a couple of strings of multiple days in a row where I feel
0: like the old me. That's amazing. That's amazing. That makes me get goosebumps. Yeah. (laughs) It's like...
1: Yeah. Yeah, Like I said, it's six, it's six months later. And I keep telling myself the novelty will wear off when I'm able to talk about it and not have goosebumps and, you know, start tearing up thinking about just, I can't talk enough
0: about how incredible the results are. It may not ever wear off. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any tough decisions that you face right now in your recovery? Um, I'd say
1: my toughest decision right now is what I'm going to do next. Um, Before HSCT, I was a practicing lawyer in downtown Chicago. um, And obviously that was a little bit difficult to keep up with when I couldn't leave the house for a long time. Um, So I've been on leave um, from my primary employment for about a year now, just going through everything and not wanting to push my body too hard. Um, So I've been doing a little bit of stuff here and there. I work online. I started a blog. I, you know, live in Chicago. So I try to meet as many of the people at Dr. Burt's office as I can. And, you know, I'm really just trying to dip my hands into different projects here and there and figure out what I want to do next. Because, I think my biggest fear in this post HSCT life that I have is putting too much stress on my body during the recovery and, you know, going forward, everyone always tells you stress is the worst thing for MS. And it's absolutely true because I've felt the difference in how my body feels when I'm working different jobs with different stress levels and putting myself in you know, different um, environments. And so I'm trying to find a balance of something that I really am passionate about doing, like being a lawyer and something that my body does not get angry at me for doing too much. So I'm, I'm figuring out what comes next.
0: Yeah, that's, um, it's an open door, it sounds like. And yes. And I, I could imagine it's a bit intimidating, but also somewhat freeing.
1: Yes, it's it's very exciting because as much as I looked at this as an unwelcomed halt in my professional career, now that I've come through it and I'm kind of on the other end of it, I'm really grateful that I was forced to open my eyes to new opportunities because There's a lot of really cool stuff out there in the world to do that I never opened my eyes to before because I, I mean, I had a plan. I was that, you know, graduating from high school with my 25 year plan and this was how it was supposed to be. And then MS showed up and all bets were off. So I'm making a new plan and, you know, I'm taking the time to figure out what exactly
0: that is. I have no doubt you're going to figure it out. So It will come eventually. Right. And I think just having the patience and even a shifted perspective um, that things change. Life can change on the drop of a dime, right? And so it's taking the time to really figure out what you're passionate about and how you can use your skills towards those passions. And it's great you're taking the time to do that. I wish you all the best in figuring it out and finding Thank that balance. That's, it's a great way to find self-inspiration and mm-hmm. confidence in what you know is best for you and taking the time to find that. I think you'll end up developing and discovering and creating something that will work. Um, right. And sharing, the plan. sharing your, sharing your <laughs> gifts with the world because they seem to be abundant. Um, at this point in time. So did you have any doubts or reservations in in preparing for HSCT? Um, it sounds like you're a confident person and you had this 25 year plan coming out of college <laughs> and life was squared away. So did you, you know, what, yeah. what held you up? Um, it's funny, because people
1: are always, you know, what made you decide to go through with it. And, you know, looking back on it, I don't think I ever actually made the conscious decision to say, okay, yes, I'm going to do it. Here we go. It was kind of just the perfect storm of everything aligning. And as much as I'm a planner and whenever a big decision comes up in my life, sometimes it takes longer than I like, but usually I just, you know, I get the feeling that this is what I need to be doing or I'm a big believer in, you know, signs pointing in this direction or that. And so when I applied, I kind of just figured it was a one in a million shot. Like, what did I have to lose, especially since I didn't have to pay any money to travel to see this doctor? Um, and so I kind of decided I wasn't going to worry about whether I was going to actually do it or not until the decision was 100 percent mine. And I knew I had to get Dr. Burt to say yes. And I had to get my insurance to say yes. And when I first applied, in my head, the probability of even both of those people saying yes was pretty slim. So I learned early in my MS diagnosis um, not to try to make decisions about things that might happen because you don't know. Until you're faced with the decision, you know, try not to worry about it. So that's what I did. And then once I got the yes from Dr. Burt and the yes from my insurance insurance, In between those things, you know, I had some other medical um, issues come up that could have been helped by the HSCT, they said. Um, My husband got transferred to a new job in the interim, which conveniently his new office building was directly across the street from Northwestern Hospital. Amazing. I took that as kind of a big sign that maybe that's where I was supposed to be since um, the probability of that happening also was pretty slim to none. And so, you know, he was able to come over on his lunch breaks and before and after work. And I mean, he saved transportation time sleeping at the hospital with me and just going down the elevator and walking across the street. So with everything that just kind of, fell in line. I felt like for me to put a stop to it and for me to stop the ball from rolling was kind of going against kind of going against the tide. So it felt like I had to make more of an effort to stop it. And everything that happened, I mean, with my diagnosis and I got so sick so fast and so quickly and I just couldn't figure out why all of this, you know, seemingly terrible stuff kept happening. And then all of this happened. And it was kind of like, well, you know, maybe that's maybe that's why everything was so bad for the first two years. So I would be sick enough to qualify, you know, to be accepted into this program. And I just felt like it was right. It felt completely right. And so I wasn't gonna stop it.
0: It's so amazing that you had that level of confidence going into this, because it can be an overwhelming and intimidating experience for people that are unsure or haven't done their research. And so for you to pay attention to all of these signs and build this confidence, so you could walk in for mobilization um, with your strong warrior armor on, it's just, (laughs) it's amazing that the universe aligned everything for you to have a successful experience.
1: Yeah, I think, like I said, I... I thank the universe for lining that all up, because every time I started to doubt it and think, oh, my gosh, this is so scary. I just reminded myself of all the things that literally just fell into place. And it was I mean, it was very beneficial having the HSCT family there not only to back me up, but to reiterate that, you know, everything happening, so everything lining up. Was not normal. This was not the norm. This is not how it usually happened to people. So the fact that it was lining up for me meant something not only to me, but to them. So to have their reassurance that, yes, this might just be the universe telling me I need to do it (laughs) made me feel, you know, like I was on the right path. Sure.
0: That's wonderful. And wonderful to hear from others that validation. Absolutely. It's very helpful. So what has been the cost to the people in your life during your journey with HSCT? If anything, it sounds like it was very convenient for your husband to be there as caretaker and your mom was there alongside of you and you built this new extended family. Um, So maybe there hasn't been a cost to others. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, one of the other things that, um, you know, lined up perfectly was my mom actually retired um, at the beginning of last summer. So she was available to be with me all of a sudden, you know, 24 seven when I needed it. So, um, as far as the cost to my family, I mean, other than me not being able to work and, um, my husband having to, uh, maintain our household financially, that probably was the biggest cost. Um, but I think, I think if you asked them, they probably don't think there is any cost, especially now that I've come through it and they see how I am now. Um, Any any cost that they may have thought probably went out the window because it was totally worth it. Um, The whole process definitely takes a toll. There's a lot of, you know, taking care of that needs to be done um from your caretaker whether it's your spouse or a friend or you know, whoever, and it's not a pleasant experience. So I'm not going to pretend that I was a pleasant person to deal with Mm -hmm. all of the time. Um, If you ask my husband, he'd probably tell you the biggest cost was having to deal with my attitude. Um, Because, you know, chemo makes you cranky and being sick makes you cranky and and
0: not getting sleep and being on steroids. Yeah. The steroid
1: steroid rage is no joke. Um, The, you know, bone pain is not pleasant. And, you know, sometimes when you can't leave your house and or the hospital room and your husband is, you know, the only person that you're seeing, it becomes very easy to take it out on your caregiver. And, you know, I was definitely not immune to that at all. Um, So it, it definitely, you know, put some stress on your relationships. But again, now that I've come through it, I, I would do it again. And I'm sure anyone who um, was tasked with taking care of me throughout the process would probably do their part a hundred times over again, just seeing the end result.
0: That's definitely something to be grateful for. Yes. So what could you offer as advice based on your experience to help anyone else with MS um, in either preparing for or recovering from HSCT? You've offered um, a lot of advice already. So if you don't have a direct <laughs> response, it's totally because you have. You've offered so so many helpful tips and strategies. But if there's I mean, anything
1: I else, would, I would have to say, I mean, it's the same number one advice you're going to get from Any doctor who's telling you to deal with your MS, whether it's related to HSCT or not, um, to eliminate as much stress as you can, which is, trust me, so much easier said than done. Mm. Um, But now, like I said, that I've I've been through working different jobs with different stress levels and, you know, kind of had the ability to experiment with um, the environmental factors Uh, that my body has been going through in relation to the MS. And I mean, sure, it'd be really great if I could just win the lottery and never have to work again, because I guarantee you my MS will stay away longer if I never had to work again. Right. Um, Absolutely. Unfortunately, I have not won the lottery. So I do have to work and there is stress that comes with it. Um, But I, I realize now that every stressor that I bring into my life is now balancing, you know, tipping the HSCT recovery scale. And so I look at things as, is this important enough to bring into my life and bring the stress that comes with it to risk everything that I've put my body through? And if it's not, then I don't let it into my life. And if it is, I figure out the way to minimize the stress as much as I possibly can, because I know that it has a direct impact on my health. And sure, they told me that from day one of my diagnosis. And I was like, yeah, okay, stress. I mean, you go to the doctor for a sore throat and they tell you to lower your stress level. Everyone could afford to lower their stress level. Mm-hmm. Um, but with MS and especially with the HSCT, I mean, I can I can feel I can feel my stress level now and it really takes a lot of listening to your body and understanding that laying in bed all day, whether it's, you know, pre HSCT or post HSCT, it's not doing nothing. You're doing the most important thing you possibly can do because of what you're going through. You're resting and your body is rebuilding. So as much as we say, you know, MS can be an invisible disease because you don't see the havoc it's wreaking on the inside. When you're laying in bed feeling like you're you know, not accomplishing anything today, think about what's going on in your body and all the rebuilding that it's doing and all the work that it's doing. Even though you're not physically doing anything, inside you are doing so much.
0: Paying yourself a favor, right, by allowing your body that time to restore and heal. It's yes. so, so important. Yes, it's huge. So important. Thank you for that. So, how about if you name a superpower that you gained from your experience with HSCT? Um, a
1: superpower. Um, I think I'd have to say I I have developed a much stronger sense of empathy for other people to put myself in their shoes. Um, and I've really probably more than anything, just develop this, not that I don't care, but it's got to be really important for me to bring it into my radar. I don't sweat the small stuff. I don't stress about things that I can't do anything about them right now. If I can't, if I can't make it better or change it or do something to, actively work on it right now, I'm not going to stress about it. I'm just going to wait until the time comes to deal with it. If it ever comes, right? Exactly. And <laughs> I just hope that it doesn't come in the meantime.
0: That's a great, that that's a strong perspective to have. Is there anything?
1: I, I was terrible at it before my MS. Let me tell you, I stressed about everything and every possible outcome of anything. And that's probably what drove me to continue to pursue new ways to hopefully, you know, better my MS because that was my biggest that was my biggest struggle was having the uncertainty of this disease. Like I said, I was a planner. I had a plan and a backup plan and a triple backup plan. <laughs> so, for me to get the disease of like the most unpredictable everything. I mean, it was on top of obviously being a terrible disease because of what it does, the unpredictability of it was my number one problem. No one could tell me what was going to happen. And I never did well with that. And I knew that I, the only way I was going to not let MS get the better of me was to learn how to like let go of my planning and my agenda and just say life is going to happen and I'm going to learn how to roll with the punches and stop having five backup plans.
0: It's amazing. That's uh, just amazing that you can flip to such a reverse approach just through going after going through HSCT.
1: Yeah, it definitely wasn't a a flip of a switch. It took a lot of work. But like I said, you have you have a lot of downtime when you're not leaving the house a whole lot. So it gives you a lot of time to uh, work on your mindset. And I mean, mindset is huge with
0: any, any illness. Oh, so huge. And being able to take time to pause and, and reflect on those stressors and your reaction to those stressors and finding alternative means to either address those stressors or just let them go and not, be so worried about them. That's powerful. Right? Yes, it definitely is. Kudos to you. Was there any resource or a book or strategy that helped you find that superpower?
1: Um, not necessarily. I mean, when I was going, preparing for the process, I read as many um, personal blogs as I could. Um, A lot of HSCT veterans have you know, put their stories out there. And it was a combination of, you know, obviously wanting to learn about the experience and get a feel for what I was going through. But I also, I mean, I used those people as my inspiration and looked at them and thought, you know, if they can do it, I can do it because they either, you know, started off, you know, with more of a disability than I did, or they weren't from Chicago. So they had to raise extra money to be able to fly here. And, you know, I I really focused on the obstacles that everyone else had to go through that either weren't as large of obstacles for me, or like I said, not having to travel. I mean, that was huge. So I just, I really focused on what what made my journey easier compared to them and they did it. So if they could do it, I could absolutely do it. And then I found when I came um out of the hospital and finished the process and was really struggling with my, what am I going to do now kind of thing? And how do I go from, you know, I was only, when I checked out of the hospital, I was just about to have my two year diagnose anniversary as I call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just supposed to be diagnosed two years. So I went from I don't know what MS is to accept the fact that you have MS now accept the fact that there's nothing you can do about it besides take all these drugs. And I was just accepting that and then HSCT fell into my lap. And so then I had to go through all that. And now I'm supposed to adjust to this life where things are getting better, hopefully, but I have no idea if it's how long it's going to last or what exactly is going to happen. So I felt like every time I started to get settled, my life was tossed upside down again. And so I found this book, I'm it's called um, choosing hope Mm. by Richard Cohen. He um, also has MS. And when I first got diagnosed, I read his book was the first, I went to the library you know, old fashioned style, walked up to the public library with my library card and got his first book blindsided. And I read it to learn about MS and just see what, what someone with MS was like, what they thought about it. And so when I got out of the hospital and found out that he had released a new book, um, especially that it was called choosing hope just really stuck with me. Um, hope has been my, my thing since I got diagnosed on uh, my one year, anniversary of being diagnosed, I got a hope tattoo. Um, and so I read his book and it wasn't about, it wasn't about living with MS. It wasn't about his journey with stem cells. It was his journey of finding hope and what that means. And there was, I mean, it wasn't just one specific path that he took. He interviewed, I mean, maybe 20 different people, basically of like, what does hope mean to you? And how do you apply it? And how do you find it? And it really resonated with me that, you know, HSCT was my hope. And now that I've had it, like you said, I don't wake up ever, I don't go to bed every morning wondering if I'm going to be able to walk tomorrow, or if my MS is going to go crazy overnight, or, you know, I wake up and hope that tomorrow is going to be better than today. And I have a solid reason to think that it very well could be instead of just, hoping that I don't get worse tomorrow, I'm genuinely hoping to get better. And I believe it.
0: That's a beautiful hope to hold on to. Beautiful. It makes
1: all the difference. It makes, when you have hope that things are going to get better, whether, you know, and whatever better is for you, it it gets me through my every day. The hope that tomorrow is in some way, shape or form going to be better than today.
0: So beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That is beautiful. Is so. What are you grateful for most about your HSCT experience that maybe has gone unspoken?
1: Um, I don't know that it's necessarily gone unspoken, but I I have my life back, um, and I'm I'm getting teary. eyed just
0: saying this because, I mean, you just you don't understand. Um, sorry. (laughs) No, some people don't understand. And I am right there with you and teary eyed right there with you.
1: (laughs) I mean, you don't, you don't understand what it's like to, to go to bed genuinely thinking tomorrow might be the day that I can't walk anymore. And if I do wake up tomorrow and I can't walk, am I never going to be able to walk again? Or is it just going to last a day? Or is it just going to last a week? Or, you know, when, when is this going to happen? Um, and even when you do wake up and you can walk the pain that is associated mm. with it the and pain. the the tiredness and the, you know, people's, you know, you don't understand MS fatigue until you literally are laying in your bed going, I don't even have the energy to get up and use the bathroom. Right. Oh my goodness. Like you just feel, you just feel miserable. And my, my biggest fear with my MS was I was two years diagnosed a year and a half diagnosed thinking how in the world am I going to live with this disease for the rest of my life? It's been less than a couple of years and I'm already feeling defeated. I, I didn't feel like myself. My life was completely different and through HSCT and Dr. Burt and my wonderful insurance and Every single person who donated to, you know, help make this a possibility, I, I always say people say you get one chance at life. I used to think that was true, but not anymore because mm-hmm. I have two chances. This is my second chance and it's, it's absolutely a life changer. It's there's just not enough positive anything
0: to say about it. That's beautiful. Uh, it sounds like you won't be wasting this chance at all, not even a second of it.
1: No, definitely not. It's given a new value to my life. You know, I look back and, you know, a couple of years ago when I'd wake up on Monday morning and go, oh, I have to get dressed and go to work and go downtown. And I'm like, gosh, you know, just the struggle. And now I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can get dressed and go downtown and put on my pants and go to work and life is great because I don't, I don't take anything for granted anymore because I've had it taken away from me and I thought it was taken away and I was never going to get it back. And then through this miracle, I got it back and I don't know how much, how long I'm going to have it. So I'm going to hold on to it and anything, I don't let anything into my life that might rock the boat unless it's 100% worth
0: it. That's so powerful and so inspiring. And I just am so grateful for you taking the time to share this story, your snowflake experience, your superpowers with it, and all of the lessons that you've learned. Um, Sharing your new perspective on life has definitely been inspirational. I just, I'm so grateful to you for sure. Well,
1: I'm so grateful that you're doing this and I was able to participate in this because anything I mean I think our biggest obstacle right now in the HSCT awareness front is that everyone in the medical world wants us to be quiet and Mm -hmm. not advertise what's going on and you know because MS is not the most advertised disease anyway especially if you're able to feel better and not have to where you're at, on the outside. I totally understand people who don't want to talk about it. Who have, you know, like I understand that. But the only way people are going to be able to have this treatment is to know about it. And I, I spent a year looking for this treatment in the city that it was born, and <laughs> I didn't know about it. So the fact that the people before me were so willing to share their story and shout it from the rooftops and tell me. All of the details of their treatment right after I introduced myself. To me, it's just my version of thanking them and paying it forward to, you know, hopefully the next group, because if they weren't willing to shout it from the rooftops, I would have had no idea. And so, you know, I put them all on my list of people who are responsible for my second chance at
0: life. Beautiful. Again, and I can't wait to share your story on this podcast and lift your voice up to the rooftops to shout it far and wide. Um, I really just appreciate you taking the time to be a part of this so much.
1: Absolutely. And anytime, any, if anyone, you know, that listens to this or anything has questions or I'm literally an open book with my HSCT. And if I can ever be in any way of a help or a spread awareness or, anything. I am, like I said, more than willing to uh, do anything I can to help promote the awareness of this amazing, amazing treatment.
0: It seems like you've done a a commendable job at making sense of your journey anyway, (laughs) or trying to at least. Yeah, (laughs) it is a very unclear path, right? Yeah, definitely. But it sounds like you had a lot of inspiration from really great uh, mentors, if you will, even in the two books that you mentioned, and mm-hmm. your HSCT family. Um, yeah, It's just amazing that you were able to connect with such a wonderful group of people to help you get through all of this.
1: Yeah, it's, it's incredible what Facebook um, can accomplish these days. Because yeah, without any, I mean, without Facebook, I'd still be living in my world of being the only person in real life I know that has MS, so.
0: Which can be a very isolating experience.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, I joined this um, this Facebook group maybe six months after my diagnosis and have since become like an admin in the group. And we have started doing meetups and stuff. I've been to three meetups. I mean, like all over. I mean, it's a worldwide group. And it's like I said, I've made just the best of friends with these people where I'm like, you know, I don't know anyone who has MS who wouldn't get rid of it if they were given the opportunity, but I would think twice about it now if that meant I had to erase all of the people from my life that it brought into it. Cause I mean, I like a lot of my MS friends better than my real friends, to be honest with you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what Facebook group is this in terms of the support network, like building the support network?
1: Um, It's called We're FNMS Warriors. Okay. Yes. And uh, we, like I said, when I joined the group, um, they actually apparently formed the group the week before I was diagnosed. And then I joined about six months later, and there were, I think, 300 people in it. And it was started by these two individuals who basically got kicked out of their previous MS support group on Facebook (laughs) for, like, using curse words and not, you know, just maybe not being as PC as everyone wanted them to be. Um, So they started this group, just the two of them. I joined, there were about 300, and now we're almost about to hit 11,000. And I think we're represented of like 75 countries around the world.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. Talk, yeah. Talk about extended family who
1: yeah, isn't afraid exactly
0: of, who isn't afraid of language.
1: Right? Yeah. And so it's kind of like, well, you know, if the F word is in our name of our Facebook group, that was kind of, I guess, the creators like, if you can't tolerate the name, then, you know, you probably shouldn't be a part of it, but it's, I mean, it's incredible. We do, they do like live videos and like I said, meetups. I've been to meetups in Arizona, Indiana. Like when I go on vacation or schedule a vacation, I post in the group. Hey, I'm going to be in, you know, Phoenix on these four days in six months. Anyone from the group from around there want to get together? And
0: I mean, it's, it's awesome. Earlier, we were talking just a little bit about just the inspiration to be grassroots and an advocate for HSCT. Now that we're on this side of it, that one of my goals with this podcast is to be an advocate for those who don't feel their voice could be heard or would ever be heard and to lift those voices up and illuminate those invisibilities of autoimmune disease that we all are experiencing And so uh, if you could just tap back into that energy that you shared around trying to bring a voice and shout it from the rooftops in terms of whether or not you would choose HSCT again, even if the universe wasn't lining up, if anyone doubts their own exploration of HSCT, maybe helping bring confidence to them in finding some resolve or resolution with at least exploring or attending an evaluation session with Dr. Burt. It's, you know, it's easy for us now on the post side of things to say, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, But for anyone out there listening who is unsure or uncertain about HSCT, and we are indeed trying to be these advocates in a grassroots kind of a way, what might you say to them to help push them forward? and take the next step to go through evaluation? Um,
1: I would ask them to look at it basically from the way that I looked at it, which was, you know, you're going into HSCT, and Dr. Burt will be very, very blunt and clear with you on your evaluation, and he'll ask you, you know, two very direct questions. Do you understand what the risks are? And what do you expect to get out of this? And he wants, you know, to be clear that you understand that, you know, this is a very risky procedure. Like there is a possibility of death. That's scary. But he's going to tell you that. And he's also going to tell you that, you know, it's not supposed to, it's not intended to make you better. It's supposed to halt your disease progression, That being said, lots of people have been lucky, myself included, to feel better in different ways, whether it's just symptomatically or with their MRIs. Um, But when I sat there and discussed with Dr. Burton, he said, you know, why do you want to do this knowing the risks? I told him, you know, I have MS and so I'm going to get worse It may be a question of when or how bad or how long it's going to take. But the only thing that I know for certain is that MS is a progressive disease and I'm going to get worse. And if I make the decision to get HSCT, I might get worse, but I might get better or I might stay the same. There are more options than you're going to progressively get worse and let's just try to slow down the inevitable. When I went to bed not having HSDT and not thinking about that, I went to bed hoping that I was still going to walk the next day and hoping that, you know, tomorrow wouldn't be the day that things got worse. I wasn't expecting things to get better. I was preparing for basically my life and my disability to get worse and there was no one offering me anything that could have even possibly remotely made it better and HSCT gave me that hope Dr. Burt said it might not make you better it's not even supposed to make you better all it's supposed to do is halt it but I figured I was going to get worse anyway and if I did HSCT and it made me worse there was no way to know that I wasn't going to have gotten that worse without the HSCT. I could, to The next day could have been the day that I woke up and couldn't walk again. So whether it was because of HSCT that it got worse or because of just regular MS progression, all I was doing was waiting to get worse. And with HSCT, there was not only a glimmer of hope, but a handful of people who were willing to stand in front of me and say, Not only did it stop my progression, but I got better. There is a chance that you will see some improvement and ideally it's supposed to stop it. And none of the drugs were stopping it. None of the drugs were even supposed to stop it. It was just supposed to slow it down. So basically I felt like I was, it really wasn't a choice for me because everything was going to get worse with my MS and If HSCT made it worse faster, that was really the only worst case scenario. It was the inevitable, the worst case result with HSCT was the inevitable result with MS anyways. So if it didn't work, I was really no worse off than I would be maybe tomorrow with MS or 20 years with MS. Eventually, it was all, you know, going to happen anyway.
0: So why not take the risk? Why not take the chance? I think I came to the same resolve that this feels like a way to take control back from the disease.
1: Absolutely. Because MS
0: is so unpredictable. And so the only way I felt like I could actually do something and be more in control was to take that chance of actually halting it. Not trying to see if maybe a drug might help slow it down and the unpredictability of the percentage by which things might be slowed which never worked for me anyway.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, Well, and the drugs aren't going anywhere. Right. So if HSCT doesn't work, those will still be there. I, you know, and they're not, there's no reason to feel like you should be putting all of your eggs in one basket. And I couldn't do, I mean, once you do certain drugs, it's harder to get accepted into HSCT. So I figured, you know, worst case scenario, I'd go to the drugs and they would be there after the HSCT either was done working or it didn't work or, you know, anything like that. And then, you know, the other issue that I always had with the unpredictability of the disease is the what ifs, you know, you could drive yourself crazy with the future what ifs. And so what I've really tried to do since my diagnosis is make sure that, I, I don't leave any what ifs when I'm looking in the mirror or in the rear view mirror. And so once HSCT came along and I even had, you know, the option to apply and pursue it, had I decided not to do it and opted for the drugs instead, I know myself. I would have every single day. Well, what if I would have done HSCT? What if I would have tried that? Maybe it would have done something. Maybe it wouldn't. I don't know, but. I needed to try everything that I possibly could to be able to know, like you said, that I I had some sort of control. Like the HSCT is going to do what it's going to do, but I'm making the decision. I'm taking the control and taking this risk and saying, I'm going to do it and I'm not going to let MS control my treatment plan. I'm going to make the decision and I'm going to do what, you know, maybe my neurologist isn't suggesting or advocating or what I'm going to do outside of the norm. So I don't have to look back and wonder if things would have been different had I taken that risk and put myself through that.
0: That's so inspiring for others out there wondering about their next steps. It's nice to hear that you can feel so confident with your decision, and know at least you're not looking back and having any kind of regret, particularly um, in the stage that you were with everything declining so rapidly. Mm That's a very familiar experience. I, too, declined really quickly. In fact, as soon as I started the MS drugs, um, that was the beginning of my decline. So I actually spent a few years after diagnosis feeling pretty great. And as soon as I started those drugs, they suppressed my immune system so much, they allowed Lyme disease that I didn't know I had <laughs> to oh, wow. rear its ugly head. And so it, of course, mimics MS. And we did right. not we did not find it until I had completed a year of Tecfidera and then started the Tysabri. And just kept getting worse. And my doctors are like, you should be getting better. At least it should be slowing down. It should not be speeding up. Right. So, yeah. Right.
1: But it's like those two drugs were, you know, obviously counterproductive to you. But they have no way because everyone is so unique. And there's no way to know what's going to work for you versus me. I mean, when my first neurologist told me to pick a drug... I said, well, what's the difference? What's, you know, like, what would you recommend? We're not doctors. Yeah, well, I have no idea. And it's kind of a crapshoot. And I just, I remember sitting in her office and saying, so basically, you're telling me to go home and read all of this stuff, which the side effects are going to scare the pants off me and think I'm going to die of MS. If I'm not going to die of MS, I'm certainly going to die of all the side effects of these drugs that you're making me read about. But then... I said, you know, so there's really no difference. You can't tell me one is more likely to work than the other. So really, I could just take all four and throw them in a hat and pick one out. And that's like, e- making equally as an informed decision. And she looked at me and said, well, yeah, pretty much you could do it that way.
0: Wow. What? <laughs> that's there's the control you were looking for, Julie.
1: <laughs> right? Like, crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's just it's so unique and so, you know, there's so many different drugs out there and everyone's is so different. And I mean HSCT, even if everyone follows the same protocol, it does different stuff for every person.
0: Right. Everyone's experience with it is different. And that's what I love so much about being able to talk to so many people on this podcast and capture these unique stories and these unique experiences, our snowflakes, if you will. And the resulting superpowers that we gain from being a warrior and being a part of this journey. Um, It's great to be on the journey with you. I'm so glad you have extended your warrior family and continue to grow that family worldwide. It's um, an exciting connection and partnership for you to be in. And I hope others going through this experience feel more connected to not just You and I, but other warriors as they continue to join these groups and communities and see that they're not alone. They don't need to be isolated in their experience with disease or HSCT because we are here to support them. And we are, we too are warriors and we all in our own beauty on this journey, find new ways to express power and strength. And um, I'm glad that you're willing to share your power your superpowers with others and inspire more people along the way it's just so great to talk with you
1: well I have so enjoyed talking to you like I said I love I love sharing sharing my story and letting people know that you know even if you're newly diagnosed there there is hope in tons of ways and different forms and people and treatments MS does not have to be a
0: hopeless disease at all Thank you so much Yes, for thank sharing. you for
1: doing this. This is incredible.
0: Be sure to visit our website, hsctwarriorspodcast.com, where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and access the latest HSCT research and resources. Special thanks to musical genius Bill Alitzhauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio. To make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. Take a moment to leave a review because your feedback will help to develop even better episodes. And your ratings will help other people find the show. Tune in next Wednesday for a brand new episode. Highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind, be well.